Welcome to There Is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs. I've been in business since 1994. Purpose of the Method to the Madness is to get to the real deal of what works and you know what? Most importantly, why that works. Let me give you a little story about that. I think it just explains it so well. I was finishing up a um, class that I do over at Daytona Beach Shores because I'm helping out with the Mayor's Fitness Challenge, and I really enjoy it. Like I love doing stuff like that because you know, in personal training, we don't get to see everybody. You know, it's like. Uh, number one, I mean, you don't have as many clients as gym members are at gyms, you know, I mean, there's only so many people you can see in a day. And number two, not everybody can afford it. So you don't see everybody. And it's nice to get out among um, everybody, you know, people that have fitness questions, people you don't see all the time. At least for me, I really do enjoy that. So afterwards, I was talking with two nice, lovely ladies and, uh, one of them said, they said, you know, you're the first person that explains the why. And the other one agreed. And I thought, you know, that's a great compliment. And then I pointed at my book, which is called There's a Method to the Madness. And I said, well, you know, that is why right there. Because if people know the why, they're going to do what you ask them to do. Or they're going to do what they think they should do. I mean, it just, if you know the why... The how becomes a lot easier, and I've always believed that. All right, before I get more into that, let me thank our very first sponsor, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. You know, we all want professionals to help us be where we want to be, and they are professionals in the real estate business. It's a changing climate out there. Interest rates are different. Houses are not selling like they were. Prices are dropping. Now, whether you see that as good or bad, that's really irrelevant. But if you're trying to sell a house, it's a little tougher than it was. And you're going to want a professional to help you with that for sure. If you need any help, give them a shout at 386-451-2412. All right. So I've been thinking this week after I made my podcast on the grit, the gravel grit and doing the hard things. It's just been popping more through my mind, a little bit of a, a um, run over from it where if we do the hard things, what are the hard things I've done and why do they still stand out for me? And I gave that a lot of thought because I think it's important for everybody to set challenging goals for themselves, where they try to get better for themselves, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so better. And what are the things I've done that I really think to myself, that was hard, and I'm glad I did it. Some of them, I'm glad it's over, but I'm glad I did it, and I'm proud of myself. And you know what? I'm trying to think only one of them had competition involved. Most of them were Finnish events that were hard. And I've done a lot of both. I have done a lot 
of competitive events through the years. And the ones that have left me the most satisfied are the ones that were simply a challenge for me to accomplish. Now, the first one is technically competitive because they keep score. So anywhere they keep score, it's a competition, right? Whether you're looking at it like that or not, it's a competition. So some are flat out. There is no scorekeeping, right? So like the gravel grip ride I did, it was, there's nobody timing it. You time yourself. So yeah, I think you know what I mean by competition, non-competition. But the first one that popped through my brain was my first marathon that I did. It's a competitive event because they keep score. But at the same time, I went into it with the attitude of, I want to finish it. Like a marathon to me, it's like, like, wow, I did a marathon. That's really, really freaking hard. And all my friends that I was training with at the time were like telling me how hard it was. They're like, well, you know, you've done a half Ironman, but a marathon's even harder. And I was trying to wrap my brain around it going, yeah, but it's shorter than a half marathon. But then I got into it and I realized what they were saying. But but the the point is, though, going into it, I just wanted to get through it the best that I could. But the important part was hold a pace that I thought I could finish and finish. And I remember I did the Jacksonville Marathon and I remember running down. I don't even know what road it is, but it's the main road before you make a left into this park where you literally finish. Like as soon as you make the left, it's like maybe a quarter mile, but I'm like a mile or two out from this left. And I knew where it was because you run it on the way out. And I felt this like sense of pride. I felt this sense of, wow, you know, and I thought of people that have, you know, passed in my life, like my dad at that point, I thought, you know, he'd be really proud of me. And I remember, thinking that and this was over 20 years ago and I can still remember this vivid memory had nothing to do with my time had nothing to do with where I placed and you know what I would have no clue I don't even think I looked I could care less so that was one of the moments where I said that was really hard and I'm super proud of myself for this and you know I did four marathons after that and none of them were the same because I turned it into a competition after that. It became, okay, now that I did this, I should have done it faster, even though I don't feel that way today. But there was a sense of, oh, other people are running this time and I want to run this time. Well, that's a competition. Now, if you go into it saying I want to better my own time, that's one thing. And I did want to do that, but I also was too worried about what would be a competitive time. And, you know, lo and behold, I mean, did I run a little faster than them? Yes, but they have the least impact on me. Like, I think less of these marathons than that first one. The first one was my slowest. And it's the one I'm most proudest of because, I don't know, because I'd never done one before. It was new waters for me. I honestly, with my fitness level, I mean, I was pretty fit, but I had no idea if I could get through that. And I did. So, you know, I got into the competition game and it kind of ruined it, you know. Uh, another one was the very first bodybuilding contest I ever did. And yes, 
Again, it's a competition. I get it. They're keeping score. But I really wanted to prove to myself that I was one of. Now, in a way, that's a little more of a competition hint than that marathon because I remember thinking that if I do a certain placing, I didn't have to be one. But if I did a certain placing, then I belong. And that had come from just years of when I was, uh, I shouldn't say years, but a few year period when I was in early part of high school, junior high, when I was overweight. And so it's like, I wanted to prove I was one of the fit guys. You know, it was like this little chip on my shoulder, but it wasn't a bad chip. You know, it was a, I want to prove I belong. And lo and behold, I did do really well in that one. And, but I, I mean, that was cool and everything took home a little trophy, but man, I just remember feeling elated. Like, wow, I, you know, I did this because not only is it hard to prepare physically, but emotionally, mentally, I mean, people maybe don't realize, I mean, you're up on stage in essentially your underwear and you have to pose and I, you know, I've never thought of myself as a dancer and I'm not, but you kind of go through this, this choreographed routine where you're posing to music. So no, it's not dancing, but it's still, it's still performing. And there's this performance anxiety. And I remember I was far more worried about that than it was how my physique looked. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm good here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready. But man, I was like worried about, man, what if I just panic? What if I just can't handle the lights? Literally, you know, they're, they're on you and everybody's, you know, staring and the judges are watching and this and that. And I had friends, I had family in the audience. And it was like, I was nervous about that. Far more nervous than how my physique looked, which is kind of crazy how our brain thinks, right? But I did it. And I was so proud of myself. And then I've done more since and they were easier that way because I was able to get through it. So then I never, I never had the level of anxiety of performance anxiety like I did again on that one. But I always had the, the, uh, you know, am I ready type of thing. And just like the marathon, it was like none of them, I don't know if I did better or what. I mean, I've done okay, but like none of them felt that level of satisfaction that I got in that first one. I mean, so now they give out these huge trophies in the bodybuilding world. Like it's, it's funny. I mean, they're, they're very nice, but they're huge. And back in the nineties, when I did my first one that I was just referencing, there are these tiny little trophies, but I tell you what, I'm more proud of that one. The other ones look far more impressive now, but that's just because like everything in life, they're just making more of a marketing thing out of it. But in any event, um, that was one of them. Uh, another one was this grit. You know, I was really proud of the bike ride. I'm not going to go back into it again because I did the whole podcast on it. But like I was proud of Ellen. But, you know, myself too because I just really kept up the spirit of camaraderie in it the whole time. I would like, I mean, I pretty much knew I'd get through because I'm pretty strong in a bike. And I've been in those mountains before haven't ridden that much in them, but I kind of knew I would get through. But the sense of accomplishment of being out there, beautiful mountains, camaraderie, knowing, okay, that was hard. You know, it was a great workout. I mean, good Lord. If I looked at my watch, it was probably 
close to 2200 calories burned I mean that's a lot but that's two hours and 40 minutes you know um, and I know those things aren't 100% accurate but it was work and yeah I'm proud of that but it's really like just the mindset of doing this with everybody and I had a non-competitive spirit going in you know I was like just get through, you know, go the best pace I can go, not because I'm racing anybody, but because I do want to get done. So there's no question when you got to the flats on it, you, I did anyway, pushed, 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 because I wanted to make up some time from the slow climbs. Cause I, you know, it was funny. I told a friend of mine, I said, oh, you know, I should be done in about two hours. You know, if they would have known the terrain, they probably would have laughed at me and said, uh, I don't think you realize what you're getting into, you know? And I, and I, you know, and I told the guy I'm renting the bikes from up there. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we probably drop them off about 10 o'clock, you know, should be done in about two hours. You know, he's probably looking at me like you idiot. Like you have no idea what you're getting into. But in any event, it was, you know, gosh, you're going three, four miles an hour sometimes in some of these mountain climbs. So it's like, once you, once you get to the top and you, it, it does kind of like straighten out a little bit, flatten out. I did want to get on it because I wanted to get done. And then on the downhills, as I referenced, I was being cautious because they were pretty freaky at 11% grades or so on gravel with turns. So I was pretty cautious, but at the same time, I let it rip to the best of my ability because I wanted to be done. It was cold too, by the way, people, it was cold. I had to bundle up and then at one of the rest stops, it got pretty warm and I had to take stuff off. And then I realized the way down was downhills. So I no longer was working as hard. So I got cold again. So I had to put stuff back on. So in any event, it was a challenge for all of those reasons. And I feel really good about it and really proud of it. And I, can throw in some of the other rides that I've done, the horrible 100 I've done at least once or twice, and that's a 100-mile ride in Claremont. I remember feeling like, wow, you know, that was something. You know, that was something. That was hard, and I did it. I rode 100 miles, kind of like a marathon. It's kind of like the marathon on a bike if you do a century ride. And I remember the MS-150 back when, gosh, this was probably... This is pre-marathon times. This is way back. And it was the first time I'd ridden 150 miles over two days. And I felt proud of that. But the whole point of this is that it's not the competition things that left me feeling like these are challenges. Because, again, if you're worried about that, you're probably not doing it for the right reasons. And to kind of wrap this up, I just want to say some people say, well, what's wrong with it? And some cases there isn't anything wrong with it when people keep it in check and i have a client um, who's like that he keeps it in check he really wants to do well in his age group but he also wants to better himself and he also doesn't take it overly serious and he doesn't post all over social media like he's now lance armstrong or king of the world he never does that so i think that there is that part of it too so to answer the, that question, I think what could be wrong with it is it's a turnoff. And too many times people will see these people that talk about how they did in events and talk about their performances and they were first place or they made the Hawaiian Ironman or, you know, they, they podiumed. It's so funny when I hear average and uh, not average uh, amateur triathletes or runners say, oh, I podiumed like it's the Olympics. It's like it's a turnoff. And I think. 
what a lot of we want to get more people exercising. I mean, there's a statistic that shows that only seven percent are on a program that they're going to stick to. That is not enough. We need to bring up the rear, so to say. You know, as a nation, we're only as strong as our weakest link. If we don't start to get people more into physical fitness, I believe we're going to struggle more and more. But how do we do that? I don't think we turn people off. I think instead we encourage them. We make it more about them. We quit posting victories so much, you know, in our, you know, half naked body showing the world what we think we are. I mean, there is a huge narcissistic quality to that and it's not going to work. Meaning you're never going to be fulfilled if you constantly need other people to validate you. It's not going to happen. And I think when we do that, it makes some people go, well, I can't do that, so I might as well not even try. You know, that's a perfectionistic personality. But that's not true. Like, they're not as great as you think they are either. They're just putting their best moment up there, not their worst moment. So I do think as fitness leaders, people who are fit, people who are, quote, influencers, unquote, I think we need to do a better job of not telling the world how great we are all the time. Maybe instead, tell them about our struggles with fitness and routine. And by the way, when we do that, let's not post it with a half-naked picture because that kind of like defeats the purpose, right? All right, speaking of half-naked, I am so glad Jeff and Zach Hawk do not post naked pictures on their advertisements. But I do know that they post overhead door and they are the absolute best in the industry, in service, and in product. Please check them out at OverheadDoorDaytona.com.